Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. And I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bring wellness into your lives. Gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about a topic that I personally don't like to talk about. <laughs> I actually don't like to do this at all. Um, we're going to be talking about running, but yes. we do have an uh, expert in the, in the panel today because he is just about to um, do an ultra marathon in, the, in a couple of weeks' time. He just finished a marathon uh, last week, and uh, that would be Brett. Yeah, absolutely. I love to run. I've loved to run since I was pretty young, actually. I've, something I've just always enjoyed. I think I kind of have a body type and a shape that's always been pretty good at it. And so uh, it's just always something I'd love to do is get out there and pound the pavement. And I know you feel just the same, Damo. <laughs> I feel the same as Lawrence, actually. But it's interesting because, you know, as a child, I was always putting the long distance racing. You know, they said, you're perfectly built for 800, 1500 meters, 3K, 5K. Off you go, go and do it. And I'd always go, you know, somewhere mediocre, middle of the ground. I just didn't enjoy it. I was so bored running. It just bored me to tears. I love sprinting. I really enjoy sprinting. Put me on 200 meters, 400 meters. I can really go hard. I just love that. But take me for a long run. Like you just suggested before, my th- take me on your three-hour run. Mate, I couldn't think of anything worse. That's, that's worse than having a half-strength decaffeinated soy skinny latte. Like, that's just terrible. Uh, So this particular episode, I think, I mean, I love sprinting as well. And uh, any distance running, it's just, I just don't enjoy it. I find it very boring. So this episode is going to be about Brett trying to convince us why running is healthy and why we should do it. (laughs) So Brett, take it away. All right. So I guess firstly, you know, I think we all know that running is healthy. Um, I don't think there's, well, actually, there is some debate around that. We might get into that as we go along where we'll talk a little bit about um, injuries with running and running technique and a few bits and pieces like that. Um, but but it's, the general basics of running is that um, you know, running is a good way to exercise. Um, it's a good way to burn off some calories. Uh, it's a good way to uh, increase your cardiovascular fitness. So looking after the health of your heart, right? Because you know, the more you can get that heart rate up, the more you can work and exercise the heart, then the stronger it's going to be, the better your circulation is going to be, the better you're going to do health-wise uh, heading forwards. So there are some real definite health benefits to running. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great way to, to help with weight loss. Um, it's a great way to uh, build up some tone and, and some musculature, particularly in the legs, um, or, or one way to do it anyway. Um, and so th- there's, there's just a huge range of benefits you can get from running if you're doing running right. Um, and I think we might talk about as well is if you're combining running with the right sort of activities. Um, because what I see a lot is people who just run, you know, people who just love running and running is the only thing they do. It's the only form of exercise they do. Um, and I don't think that's a particularly healthy idea either. I think, you know, getting some well-rounded exercise is really important too. Um, do you want to sort of comment a bit on that, Damo? Well, yeah, I do. From the point of view is that if you're just sticking to one particular exercise, your body will become used to it. And whilst it's good to, you know, be moving around and it's great to to keep the heart ticking along that's one muscle the the exercise but if you're just running in a straight line or you're running on you know a flat pavement or whatever and i know brett you go cross country and go through the national parks etc etc but if you're just using the same muscles over and over again there'll be weakness in other muscles that won't be addressed and in fact you may tend towards injury so it's very important to 
mix up your exercise, do different types of things. Hence the reason why triathletes tend to do so well in in their body. Um, they tend to hold everything together really well. They're in great shape. They maintain good cardiovascular fitness and they tend to strip a lot of fat, you know, so they're decreasing the risk of different types of diseases. Um, but, yeah, very, varying things is, is so important. And I was telling you before, Brett, remember um, that I, I read this book some years ago. In fact, I just looked at it. I used to keep little library cards inside my books and I first got this book when I was practising in 1998 and it was actually... Um, I think it was it was out of it was out of print then it was out of print in 1997 and this book still I would believe would be absolutely current till today and I've just had to flick through some of the information it's still unreal mate it's by Dr Philip Maffetone it's called In Fitness and in Health and it talks about running and exercise shoe selection nutrition and I would say that 90% of this book I would agree with it's absolutely fantastic but you know I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because it's a great book and I'm, I know I'm going to talk about it again but you want to mix up your exercise I think that's really really important i would imagine yeah. like mixing up uh, your running schedule too as well like you know i remember i did a triathlon a couple of years ago and one of the training sessions wasn't just running the distance itself but it's also doing some sprints in there to actually develop the strength um to actually create that distance for you actually when you're doing the triathlon don't you agree brett like i mean imagine yeah. that's the same thing for your marathon you don't just do the distance and that's it you would actually vary the uh, training to you know fast pace and slow pace just to kind of make sure you build up some strength in there yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to doing a marathon, I mean, I've spoken to quite a few marathon runners and looked at various different marathon running uh, schedules over the last couple of months, obviously, getting in preparation for this marathon. And, you know, I probably did, you know, one of the world's worst marathon preparations, if you listen to the experts, in terms of actually running a fast marathon. Because, um, you know, my take on it the whole way through was that I didn't necessarily want to get the best marathon time I possibly could. I actually wanted to do it as part of a healthy regime. So I always made sure that whilst I was, yeah, doing at least, you know, a run or two a week, in between that I was actually doing resistance exercise and doing, um, you know, exercising with Damo, doing some different stuff and, um, you know, doing some flexibility stuff and just doing a whole range of different exercise in between Um, because I felt for me that was really important too. And for me that was actually more important than getting the absolute best marathon time I could was making sure that whilst I was training, doing a lot more running to get ready for this marathon, I was actually varying my my schedule quite a bit as well does that make sense to you guys yeah definitely yeah absolutely and uh, look you know brett and i when we were in sydney recently we um we smashed this exercise program did we brett eh? and uh and but what was really evident to me was that even though you hadn't done this exercise program your cardiovascular fitness was outstanding and you know that's that's testament to the benefit of going for a long run and just continuing to train the heart and get the heart into good shape and it, you know it is true it's a muscle that works the hardest in our body it is the muscle that keeps us alive for the longest period of time uh, but it's you know you kind of you kind of can't underestimate the effect of good quality cardiovascular exercise on your longevity and i think that's what you know is is a key point of what tonight's discussion's about yeah so we spoke a little bit about varying your exercise routine and in terms of running you can really vary your running routine as well um so you know obviously running on the pavement is one way to do it you know running around on the roads but it's a pretty flat surface and it's pretty much the same all the time um, so, you know, perhaps if instead of finding somewhere flat, you might find somewhere a bit hilly, then that adds a different variance to it where you're going uphill sometimes, you're going downhill other times. Um, what I really like to do is find, um, you know, some trails as well. So I tend to get out, you know, in Adelaide, who have got the Heisen Trail, which is fantastic and happens to go right past my back door, which is wonderful. 
And so I get onto the trail and I can run up and down hills and, you know, some uneven ground, you know, do a bit of sidestepping, you skip over a log or a creek every now and then. You know, it, it adds a completely different dynamic to that running where you're actually, rather than just doing the same motion over and over again, you're doing some sidestepping, some skipping, some shorter steps, some longer steps, some uphill, some downhill. You're just adding a whole, a great deal of variety to that. Mm. Um, and you can do the same thing in different ways as well, where you can add into your running, instead of just doing one long run, as we said before, you can do some shorter sprint work. Um, or you can do some interval training where you do maybe you know 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, and mix it up a bit that way. Um, or you can do something like the beat test, you know, where you're really testing out you know, over a shorter distance, uh, repeat sprints. Um, so... You know, even within the field of running, without even doing different sorts of exercise, you can really expand the scope of what you're doing there as well. Um, and that's really beneficial because it gives you diff- you work out different parts of your body, you work out different muscle groups, um, you use different muscle groups in coordination in slightly different ways. Um, and it just that variety is really important to, to get yourself really fit in a more well-rounded fitness um, and also to reduce the risk of having different injuries as well because you're not having that repetitive strain of doing the exact same thing over and over again yep yeah like i'm like i'm like i'm loving your information but i'm still bored out of my brains thinking i'm going for a run you're not <laughs> you're not convincing me Bretto. but uh seriously i like you know that's not that i'm asking for you to convince me but i'm really loving the idea that we can actually pull this together and actually say hey you know what running's actually good for you and i agree it is actually good for you it's just a bit boring so you know the reason why i suppose ipods were made was so that more people would go running would that be correct <laughs> maybe See, i don't listen to any music when i run i actually don't wow. listen to anything at all um so for me getting out and running is actually kind of when i you know, I kind of meditate. You know, that's kind of when I do all my thinking and solve my problems and come up with new ideas like the wellness guys and, um, you know, different <laughs> stuff like that. Is I actually, I love having that time where I'm just out by myself, kind of in my zone, trundling along, just thinking and kind of solving all the problems of the world. I actually, it's fantastic. So I don't listen to anything. I don't, I don't even have an iPod. Well, I do have an iPod, but I don't take it with me. Your um, iPod would be like a Walkman, though, wouldn't it, Brett? Eh? Mr. Paleo. <laughs> it's a big yellow. It'd be, like a, it'd be a parrot sitting on your shoulder, tapping away on, on a stone. But, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that really motivated me in terms of running is there's this fantastic book called Born to Run by a guy called Andrew McDougall. Ah, yes. uh, have you guys heard of that book? Yeah, I have. Yep. It's fantastic. So it's all about this uh, tribe in Mexico called the Tara Umara tribe. That's right. And, um, and they just run phenomenal distances. Like it's just part of their culture and it's just what they do as a perfectly – they just consider it normal. You know, they have like 70-year-olds who will run 100 miles and think nothing of it. Mm. And, um, and so he goes in and, and sort of goes in to find this tribe and to meet them and, uh, and ends up going on all these runs with them and kind of introducing them to the ultra-marathon running community. And, you know, it's, it's actually just a fantastic read. Um, but one of the concepts I got out of that book, which was really interesting, was that you know what we think of nowadays as being kind of extreme running, what we think of as being like the super fit people in our society, um, was for them that was just perfectly normal, and perhaps for our ancestors, you know, way back, that that was actually just considered a perfectly normal thing to be able to run a long distance. Mm. Um, so they talk a bit about what they call the, I think they call it persistence hunting, um, which is essentially based on the idea that. Uh, whilst humans are really good at distributing heat and we can tend to sweat and, and distribute the heat from our bodies that a lot of other animals aren't. So, you know, things like uh, like deer and, and animals like that, they don't sweat so well. Um, so they overheat quite easily. So if you jog after them, in a, you know, it doesn't have to be hugely fast, but if you jog after them for a while, um, they'll actually just kind of collapse and pass out. 
Right. And the theory is that that's actually what we used to do before we had bows and arrows and you know tools for catching animals. Is we would just kind of jog after them, and basically the whole tribe would just jog after them until the animal passed out, which right. might take an hour or a couple of hours or however long it happened to be. Um, so they're kind of introducing this idea that maybe actually running, you know, what we would consider a long distance is actually just quite normal, mm. and it was really interesting. Um, and one of the other things that came out of that was, well, how, co- how come it was considered so normal and so kind of easy back then, um, and yet we seem to find it so hard now? Um, and so out of that came a lot of discussion around running technique, which is fascinating. Um, so have you guys heard much about uh, running technique? I mean, a lot of people think that uh, you know, everyone knows how to run. I mean, you know, every school kid can run. How hard can it be? You know, what sort of technique do you need to know? Um, but have you guys ever sort of thought about or looked at your running technique? Yeah, I mean, for for me personally, I, I mean, obviously, you know, being chiropractors, one of the things is that before any techniques, you got to make sure you have a human body posture and everything's going to be aligned and properly, um, pelvis and knees and legs and everything else is going to be properly aligned. Nervous system going to be fully functional. I remember when I was trained for the triathlon, the running technique that um, that they looked at for me was to actually to make sure that I actually run properly. That's the first class that we did was to make sure that we actually ran properly because most people, like they said, ninety percent of people don't run. Uh, run very inefficiently, and uh, that which causes obviously loss of energy and uh, it causes a lot of knee pain and hip pain and, and everything else, and uh, can really cause a lot of problems. Well, it's it's such an important thing to, to think about because I remember when I was running cross country, I was uh, I had a very very strong and almost loud heel strike, and so as I would land, it, I could feel it jar all the way through my body, and it just I never I didn't like that feeling. It just always felt like I was yeah. doing damage to myself. And when I run around, you know, whether I'm running around the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne or if I've gone somewhere interstate and I've taken my running shoes and I've gone for a run, even though I hate it, it's just boring, but I know it's good for me. I'll go for a run and I'll see other people running and I'll just watch what's happening to their pelvis or watch what's happening to their feet or their ankles or their knees and, or even sometimes people's necks because they look like they're getting whiplash while they're running. <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people don't know how to run properly. And one of the things that I remember reading and actually was taught to me by a patient of mine who is a... Uh, I think he's a 16 times now Ironman. He's done 16 Ironman triathlons. And um, he said to me, Damien, if you can run more on the balls of your feet, so if you can run more on the balls of your feet for as long as you possibly can, you'll conserve energy, get more spring, and you'll do much better. And since I've started running on the balls of my feet rather than striking with my heel, um, I actually run better and more efficiently uh, without burning you know, without burning up as much. And I, I get, I, I just run more freely and easily. I, I like that. And I don't know whether or not that's ideal. I don't know if that's the best advice. But I, I do remember reading about toe running. And, you know, a lot of people are using now the the no shoe f- shoes, you know what I mean? Like those yes. Vibra shoes. I've got some um, of those. Have you? Well, maybe you might be able to talk yeah, about that great. because that whole foot posture thing is what I think um, Gavin, my patient, was teaching me about. And, uh, and, and, and I think that that's worth talking about. Absolutely. So, so what we're finding is that, you know, we've kind of modernized our running. You know, we've got all these big flashy shoes and they've got these big built-up heels and, you know, padding and support and all of those sort of things. And, and one of the things it talks about in the Born to Run book I spoke about is some studies they've done on expensive shoes versus inexpensive shoes. And what they found was that when they, if, once they allocated for how much people were running and all of those sort of things, that the people who had the really expensive shoes were actually getting more injuries, uh, which was really interesting. So they started thinking, well, okay, well, hang on, maybe actually having all this extra padding and all this extra support 
actually isn't the be-all and end-all, isn't the huge benefit that we thought it would be. Um, and one of the reasons for that is, as you said, Damien, when we've got all that extra padding, we kind of get a little bit lazy in terms of how we run. So instead of trying to sort of you know, ease our feet down gently onto the pavement, what we actually do is we stick our foot right out in front of us and plant our heel down first. Now, this is going to be a bit hard to visualize in kind of, you know, in the radio format, but if you imagine if you stuck your foot right out in front of yourself and planted your heel into the ground, that my leg would be putting a force down forwards and downwards into the ground. And so the ground is going to put a force back into me, which is up and backwards. So essentially mm-hmm. the ground is, I'm, I've, it's like I've got my brake on the whole time that I run. Yeah. It's stopping my forward momentum. So what you want to start thinking about is landing more in the middle of your foot. So I would actually say just marginally, almost behind the ball of your foot. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and easing your heel down a lot more gently. Okay. Now, the first thing that does is it tends to bring your feet back under yourself. Okay. So instead of having your foot right out in front and breaking you, your feet are now more underneath you. Um, and so then the second part of this is what you want to do is you want to stand up really nice and straight with excellent posture. Um, and this is where, as chiropractors, you know, we love hearing this. We think, yeah, that's great. We're going to stand up really straight because uh, we know that's the efficient, a more efficient way for our body to work and for our body to function. Um, and we know that we're in better balance, that our nervous system functions better, that our whole body just functions better when we have that nice, straight posture. Um, but the second advantage of keeping your posture up nice and straight and particularly not bending at your waist, which is what you see a lot of people do, mm. is that if you stand up nice and straight like that, all you need to do now to get some forward momentum going is just lean forward slightly. Okay. Yeah, and all of a sudden, your, your entire body weight is in front of your feet, and you're essentially falling forwards. Like the road runner. Imagine the difference. Yeah, so you can imagine the difference in the momentum of that versus sticking your foot out the front and putting the brakes on is actually really big. Um, so it actually makes a big difference in terms of uh, the amount of energy you need to expend to run. Um, often in terms of people's enjoyment of running, I find a lot of people who say, you know, I hate running, I really don't enjoy it. They actually run with really bad technique. <laughs> and I look at them running and I think, well, it's no wonder you're not enjoying it. Like, that just, that's just hard work. That doesn't look very enjoyable to me either. Um, so having a look at your technique can actually make a really big difference. Um, and it, it's, it doesn't need to be hugely complicated, but there's some great books out there that you can have a look at to, to help you with that as well. Uh, one of the ones that I read was called Chi Running. Well, I cannot remember the name of the author of that, but that is a really good book um, on some running technique. Um, the, one of the other methods of running is pose running. Um, they're, they're both similar-ish in terms of their intent and philosophy. They have some slight differences, uh, but there's some good ways to start looking at um, running technique and, and what you can do. So, um, yeah. I, I heard I actually heard about chi running, and uh, I heard it's great. And you know that that hint about leaning forward—it's a great, great way to do it. Because I've done that, and I changed that style, and it, you just run so naturally because you just fall forward you just get that forward momentum and uh, it, it does take the, the the energy away where you know you're not burning up the energy by stopping it's, uh, what about some you know i remember one of the techniques that to learn how to start running like that is to kicking the heels towards your butt you know so you're sort of having that high kick you know you don't actually run like that but to kind of get used to that momentum um is that correct you know so can you build that momentum where you, you're sort of slightly leaning forward and get that momentum have you heard that before I, I haven't actually heard that one before i mean there's a number of different techniques you can use i know in the chi running book there's a whole range of different techniques but you know what i say to people the easiest way to think about it is literally if you just if you stand there nice and straight with really good posture and just lean forward as far as you can before you actually have to put your foot out to stop yourself from basically falling flat on your face. <laughs> if you just practice doing that as you take off, that kind of gives you the feeling of what it feels like to have your body weight propelling you forwards. 
And so what that means is instead of you having to sort of push yourself forward with your legs, all you're really doing is falling forwards. And as you fall forwards, you're lifting your feet up and just placing them down again further in front of you. So rather than pushing with your legs, you're actually just lifting your feet up. Does that mm. make sense? Mm. Mm, definitely. Um, and so the other thing it does is it means your foot fall is actually much lighter. So because you're landing on the middle of your foot and you're easing your heel down, even though you've now, if you happen to have changed your shoes, and I probably should talk a little bit about that, but even though you may not have the same amount of padding in your shoes, there's actually less force going up into your leg. Um, so it's actually less of a, an impact on your ankles, your knees, and your hips. And um, going is, up further. What's that? And going and, up further. And going you know, up further and yeah. going up right into the whole rest of your body. Absolutely. That whole connect chain. Um, mm. so, so this is where it can have a real impact on injuries as well. You know, I know for me, having changed my running technique, um, it's definitely less of an impact on my knees. It's definitely less tension in my ITBs. Definitely, you know, down the side of your leg, that is. You know, definitely less impact on the hips. Um, and once again, less impact on the rest of the body as well. Mm. Just from that subtle change in running technique. Um, so, you know, a lot of runners, a lot of people I hear talking about say, look, I, you know, I, I love running. I used to run. I love, you know, I love doing it, but I can't do it anymore because I keep getting injured. Um, or I don't like running because every time I try it, I get injured. Um, you know, and I'm sure you guys as chiropractors, you see runners coming into your practice with all sorts of injuries all the time from running. Uh, but I think a lot of that is actually not necessarily the running that's the problem. It's the running technique, which is the problem and causing a lot of those injuries. Do you guys see that in your practice? Absolutely, absolutely, all the time, and you see it a lot with children too. In fact, you know, and uh, and it's I think as much to do with running style uh, as it is the selection of footwear, Brett. And you touched on that just before, and uh, and, and you know, and also I, I, I want to get into this too because I think this is really important. You know, and I, I'm always going to talk about this sort of thing, but the nutrition that people use when running or post running, you know, in terms of the repair or um, preparation. Um, this here can let a lot of people down and also cause a lot of uh, injury too. So maybe can you just talk quickly about the right sort of shoe, why you might go for a particular type of shoe over another type yeah. of shoe? Can you talk about that, mate? Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about the natural running techniques or sort of getting back to a basic running technique, and it's interesting you mentioned kids before because kids tend to do it naturally. They actually tend to run with a really good running style um, just innately, um, which is really cool. Um, and in fact, you know, it's interesting when you look at kids and they can just run around, even though those kids in a playground, they just run around for hours on end, seemingly without any level of exhaustion whatsoever. Yep. And you kind of look at them and think, how do they do that? Um, <laughs> and it tends to be because they run with really good technique. Yep. Um, so one of the things you want to encourage for kids, particularly the really young kids when they're just learning to walk, is to be out of the shoes as much as possible. Um, really, up, you know, I remember speaking to my podiatrist, he suggested that up until the age of four, kids really shouldn't wear shoes at all, basically. Um, so you want to try and really minimize the amount of time they're spending in shoes, give them lots of time walking around barefoot, particularly obviously when they're inside. Um, so, yeah, giving your kids a chance to develop that. And so the shoes I'm talking about are kind of a continuation from that idea that really we're designed to walk and run around barefoot. You know, that's what our bodies would naturally have been doing. Um, and that tends to encourage the ideal running style we're talking about is that when you can actually feel the ground, when you can feel, you know, that pressure coming up into your foot you'll actually naturally you won't want to slam your heel down because it actually hurts and you can feel the force coming up into your legs so mm. for most people as soon as you get them out of their shoes they tend to run and actually a much better technique straight away um and so this has sort of spurned this whole new market of shoes um and 
it's interesting. The way this new market basically came about was that the likes of you know Nike and Asics and all of these uh, shoe manufacturers, they were going around to the training of all their elite athletes who they were sponsoring and giving them all these shoes. And what they noticed was that the athletes were starting to wear the shoes less and less while they were actually training. They were starting to do a lot of their training by actually taking off their shoes and training barefoot. Um, and I know when I go to my gym that I do virtually all of my training barefoot. Um, because it does encourage better posture. And you use rocks instead of weights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. And so, um, and so the new shoes are these minimalist running shoes. So some people might have seen the Vibram Five Fingers, which have the individualized toes. Have seen uh, them. There's yep. a Vivo Barefoot Shoe. So it's basically a three mil thick sole that goes the whole way along. Mm-hmm. Um, and virtually all of the different brands are now bringing them out. I saw the new Adidas ones just came out the other day. I know Reebok have got some. Even Asics have got some coming out. Yep. Um, so they are what they call minimalist shoes. So they decrease the, uh, the amount of support. They're incredibly flexible. Uh, they don't have much padding in them at all. And it allows you to really feel the ground and feel what's going on and helps you develop a better running technique. So um, yeah, check those out. Those are pretty cool. Now, Damo, I know I uh, consulted you pretty widely in the last week or two because I was getting ready for my marathon, um, and you had some great tips for me on, on running nutrition, um, sort of what to do, you know, what particular nutrients I needed before, during, and after my run. Um, so it'd be really cool if you could share some of that with us. One of the things, Brett, uh, thanks, mate, and and LT, I've spoken to you about this as well in the past, is that uh, it's so important to understand that it's no it's no longer necessary in fact it's never been necessary to particularly carb load or load up with any particular macronutrient prior to an event um, and in fact one of the the biggest mistakes that most people make is that they think that they've got a carb load so they go and carb load they go and have a bucket load of pasta or they go and have a bucket load of bread or they go and have you know heaps of high glycemic foods and they do this the night before they go and do their event you know so the carb loading the day before or a couple of days beforehand and it's a nonsense because you're not storing sugar essentially in the body you might be storing a bit of glycogen but once your glycogen stores are totally uh, complete and they're all full then you're now storing fat and so essentially what you're doing is you're then going to go and burn the fat stores that you've got anyway and what would make more sense to me would be to actually put fat into your diet uh, to actually burn that off, which I'll touch on in, in just a second. But the other thing that happens when you actually have carbohydrates in large amounts in your bloodstream is that you'll start to burn um, something called lactic acid or create something called lactic acid. It's part of the Krebs cycle. You know, as um, carbohydrate or sugars are actually burned off as fuel, uh, one of the byproducts is lactic acid. And you get that build up in your muscles and you're going to tire, you're going to fatigue out. One of the best ways to prevent lactic acid build up, apart from proper hydration and having the right amount of salts and those sorts of things, which Brett will talk about your little mix in a second, um, you know, is to is to keep your carbohydrate values down. And in your in your pre-event or in your everyday nutrition approach to exercising, you should be making sure you're having protein, fat, and carbohydrates because you have to remember this, that with everything that you do, you're burning through protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So when you go for a run, you're not just burning through carbohydrates. You're actually burning through fats. You know, the fats are the essential nutrients that actually help you to manufacture enzymes and hormones and all these sorts of things that are essential for, um, you know, adrenaline and cortisol and, and other hormones through our body, which still need to be consumed while we're running and, and manufactured while we're running. Uh, but we're also burning through protein. All of our muscles are actually protein. They're not, 
you know, they're not made from carbohydrates or sugars. You know, carbohydrates and sugars are used by our muscles, you know, for exercise as a fuel, but so is fat. It's just that carbohydrate fuels are actually, they, they rely or they're dependent on a hormone called insulin. And that can be quite problematic when you're trying to get access to all of your fuel. So you can burn more efficiently and do a better job by having fat in your diet than actually having carbohydrate in your diet. So my suggestion to everybody when they're trying to prepare for a big run or a big race or a big event is to make sure that you're eating enough protein, fat, and carbohydrate. And that's you know, that's in the utilization of the PAR method. If you've got stored fuel, then you want to make sure that you've got uh, you know that you you're not loading up too much with food uh, or fuel because you've actually got the stored fuel that you can access while you're running um, and you know, by that I mean if you're carrying a few extra kilos you can access that while you're running you don't need to prevent that from being burned by fueling up before you go and do some exercise and then of course when you're exercising if you're looking for a longer lasting more sustainable fuel source then fat is in fact a longer lasting more sustainable fuel source and one of the things I recommended to Brett that he does in his marathons is to use um, coconut oil you know it's really rich in medium chain triglycerides which is a really slow burn fuel within the body and it just generates so much energy and so much core temperature it's just it's like stoking the fire with the purest grade coal you could ever find instead of using timber it's absolutely outstanding and then after your event what you want to make sure that you're doing is refueling with easy to digest proteins fats and carbohydrates so you know easy to digest carbohydrates are fruits um, nothing more simpler than that. Uh, easy to digest fats are just oils or even soaked um, uh, tree nuts. If you're after some proteins that are easy to digest, it could be eggs or egg whites or fish. Um, they're really simple things to do. Some people would like to go with a protein drink, and you know that's another story. But and certainly for for Brett, that's an incongruency. He doesn't want to do that sort of thing. So what Brett and I designed recently was this new electrolyte drink. And Brett, maybe you could talk about this because I reckon you've got guts of steel, like to be able to put this into your body. But you did, and you said you felt okay with it. Yeah, I reckon it was great. I was actually really happy with it. So um, basically, what I did was I decided that I really didn't want to do you know the. Gatorades and the sports gels and, you know, all of these sort of things because, you know, they're just chock full of sugar. They're chock full of colorings and flavorings and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and for me, that's just not the kind of stuff I wanted to put into my body. Um, and, you know, I kind of looked at it and I thought, yeah, I know there's a lot of science behind these. And I know that if I really cared about getting that extra couple of seconds on the end of my marathon, then, you know, maybe that would help me perform better. Maybe not, but maybe it would. Um, but I decided that for me, it was much more important for me to be putting healthy foods into my body um, rather than, you know, having the optimum perhaps performance that I absolutely could. Hmm. Um, so I decided I wanted to make something a bit more natural and a bit healthier. Uh, so what I did was I, I put together my own electrolyte drink. So basically what that's got in it is it's got coconut water. Uh, it had some banana. It had some blueberries and it had a tiny little bit of sea salt. Uh, and that basically allowed me to replace all of those uh, those nutrients, those electrolytes I needed in my body that I was sweating out. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I found that really good. So that was some good tips there, Damo. Well done. Very good. Oh, fantastic, guys. I mean, uh, there's a lot of information there about running. I'm not sure I'm still convinced to go do a, an ultra marathon or anything tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I might go for a jog tomorrow. I'll, I'll try it out. I will go for a jog, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So my well, work is done. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, um, leave your comments below, of course. Uh, that was lots of information. If you have any questions about anything, I'm sure Brett will be happy to answer uh, any questions that you might have for him on technique and nutrition. Uh, so leave us comments below this episode or on iTunes. And uh, join us each week on the, on the Wellness Guys at uh, thewellnessguys.com. And uh, like us on Facebook as well. Don't forget that. Follow us on Twitter and sign up, sign up for getting a notice of each episode and also make sure you download us on iTunes and leave a comment there. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And we are the Wellness Guides.